Welcome back to another episode of the Go With John Show. We've got a group of folks here today. We've got uh, one of the Stanley Martin uh, project managers with us sitting to my left, uh, Brian McGranahan. We have Michael Schnitzer, president of Stanley Martin Custom Homes, sitting at my uh, 12 o'clock. And to my right, we have Pat Kearns, uh, who is the uh, vice president of Stanley Martin Custom Homes. Welcome, gentlemen. Thanks for having us. Yeah, Absolutely. Thanks for having us. Hey, so, so today I uh, want to talk about uh, just kind of some things that happen in the field. Everybody always loves hearing from the project managers and, and, and Michael, of course. And Pat, you got a lot of positive feedback on your last episode. So what I was going to try to highlight today was kind of what we do at Stanley Martin Custom Homes as we bring... Uh, our buyers through the process. So I think our, our buyers generally get a really good education on what happens during the sales phase or the buying phase, depending on perspective. And really, they get a good perspective on what happens right after that. But once folks remove their contingency and start moving uh, through the process, let's talk about the experience from the customer perspective. So Michael, maybe shed a little light on what kind of updates and meetings, what happens right after a f somebody removes their contingency? Sure, John. So, and I think we've covered this perhaps in other episodes, but at the highest level, we're a manufacturer. Right. Right. We just happen to manufacture homes. Yeah. And we're project managers. What is 101 in project management? Regular meetings with action items slash mm -hmm. updates, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the, you know, it's just 101. It's blocking and tackling. So throughout our customer's process, once they remove contingency, there's think of it as two phases, pre-start and start. So pre-start, our customers get regular updates. Right. And at the start of construction, it's turned over to the field. And I don't know if Brian wants to talk a little bit about it or Pat, but chime in. I mean, that's just sure. kind of high level. I was, I was just going to say, so once we, because I want to stress the weekly meetings, because I think it's probably one of the most important things that we do. And I don't think there's any other builder on our price point that offers this service. And it's just, to me, it's everything, right? So once we start the, the construction, we have weekly meetings with our customers every week until the home is delivered, correct? Correct. Okay. So I, back it up just a, a step is that as we're approaching the start of construction, we have a turnover meeting or a pre-construction meeting with our customers. Um, we spend several hours um, with them going over, reviewing their plans, their grading plans, the plans for the homes, the specialty items that we've listed for them that are specific to their house, whether it be with regards to the engineering on the home, the plans themselves, modifications they've made to the house that are particular to them, mm -hmm. that are very special, um, certain selections they've made, those things, reviewing those with them. And then we, we spend some time to kind of set the expectation for what they should expect from us um, during the construction process. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, what, what it's going to be like, what kind of things they're going to experience, both good and sometimes possibly bad. Mm -hmm. um, being that, you know, building a home is unlike any other experience where when you go in and buy a new car, it's finished, it's complete, it's polished, it's shiny, it has a new car smell in it. And when you build a home, you're building on a lot. Our Your lot is our, our factory, our warehouse, mm -hmm. where we're actually putting and piecing it together. And there are, it's a great experience. If you're into and, and enjoy that kind of thing, you get to watch it, your home be built from the ground up. Right. Um, you know, in some cases when we're doing teardowns, you get to see the old structure being torn down and the demolition of it. And then you get to watch everything 
the, as the home's built and constructed. Mm-hmm. So we kind of walk them through that process and tell them what to expect. And then we talk to them about their weekly meetings and, and what that experience is going to be like. So um, what do you say to the folks at the pre-construction meeting about the weekly meetings and what they're going to be like? Uh, we tell them that, you know, to expect that this is one of the things that we do. It's a it's a way to communicate with them, provide them with a, a weekly update as to what tasks we've accomplished, what's happened in the house and what mm-hmm. to expect in the upcoming weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if we're running into issues, we'll talk about issues that we may have experienced and how we're going to correct them. Um, you know, if we you know, if progress is moving along smoothly and everything's going well, we'll talk to them about how the progress of the house is coming along and what to expect in the upcoming weeks and even sometimes a little bit further out. Mm-hmm. Gives them an opportunity to understand and get a grasp of everything that's going on in the home so there aren't any surprises for them. Right. Um, and, you know, it also is it's a benefit to us as well because our PMs are then, you know, tasked with it. They have that one time during the week that they know they're going to have face-to-face interactions or you know during covid face-to-face over a video chat Mm -hmm. um you know conversations with our buyers our clients um to let them know what's going on with the house and you know what what to expect and it also you know they know at that point in time that hey this is the time where i can communicate with them where i can Mm -hmm. provide them with updates and it gives them the freedom to do their job and and build the house interact with our contractors and inspectors as they need to be doing throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Good, good. Yeah, and it's interesting because it's like the once you kind of get in the groove of having the weekly meetings, it's the same time, the same day every week. And it's like the customers, um, you know, at the beginning are, are contacting more often with questions and concerns. And then once you kind of get in that groove, they know that that's the time and place to, to bring it up and, and discuss it with us. And, um, you know, I think it, gives us a good opportunity to like use that time to kind of educate them of how the process works and keep keep them up to speed on what the next step's going to be what the expectations should be and um it just it's it it makes it to where it's 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 a great management tool of keeping everybody informed right and i think the customers probably love knowing what's mm-hmm. going on and they have the ability to spend time with you brian as, right. a, as a pm uh to to learn about what's going on w- within the construction of their of their home yeah and i i would say the the other thing from a high level is accountability because it's accountability on both sides of the fence we have to be accountable to the customer with mm-hmm. deliverables, mm-hmm. but the customer will also have deliverables. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, you know, sorry, uh, Brian, we didn't get you the information you needed this week, but we'll get it to you next week. Well, we, you know, we, we take meeting minutes. Right. Mm-hmm. So we can look back at this and, you know, several months pass by and sometimes customers forget and say, well, let's go back and look at our meeting minutes and right. see what transpired on what day. Yeah. you know or in what in what week so mm-hmm. i think you know level of accountability and then probably brian is more equipped than either pat or i but trying to hone in on that weekly meaning mm-hmm. versus having customers contacting you ad hoc during the day it's that 80 right. 20 rule right right, right. where 80 percent of the time we used to respond to customers and 20 percent build houses right and now we flip the paradigm Right. Yeah. And and it's great because we can 
get an email or a text message from a customer with a question or something and we can just say, hey, noted. I'm going to throw it on the weekly meeting mm-hmm. and then we can discuss it. Now, if it's something that's urgent that needs to be taken care of, obviously we take care of it then. Right. But there's there's lots of items that come up in the house that that we don't need to address right that second. They're off in the distant future, you know, mm-hmm. maybe six weeks out or something. You know, I have customers that'll you know, bring up like, well, what, you know, something about the hydro seat or something, and we're weeks away from even finishing the grade. Mm-hmm. So it's just something you can put on there. You're not going to forget about it. And then you just keep a placeholder there and you can use right. that tool to, you know, make sure that you're, you're keeping track of it. I, I think the other thing that I, that I noticed from, from the experience is that it reduces the stress level of the, of the client or the mm-hmm. buyer. Mm-hmm. obviously, because there's that known entity that they have out there that they know they're going to be communicated with on a weekly basis. Um, they're provided with da- a download of information on what to expect and what what's going to happen with the home. It's a learning process as well for people that it may not have been through it prior to it, mm-hmm. that may not understand the steps and the stages that go into building a home and the complexity of it. Right. Um, so it, it reduces a lot of that stress value that's there when you're going through that process. I mean, let's look at it from the from the overall perspective of it. it's one of the larger, if not largest, investment you're ever going to make. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not buying a finished product; you're watching it come from the ground up, and there mm-hmm. can be a lot of stress involved in that. With right. hey, is this wrong? Is that wrong? Is this you know, you know what what should I expect? And you have a person that's meeting with you once a week to go over that and kind of lessen that blow. and and kind of give you a perspective on what you should expect and 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 what what what's going to happen down the road. Right. And I think when you have the weekly meetings, you're getting, at least you know what's going on too, right? Because if you don't have the weekly meetings and you're only talking to your PM once a month or once every six weeks, it could be nothing happened for a month, right? And then all of a sudden the the, the consumer, and this is not with our company, right? This would be with another builder, uh, is realizing, wow, you guys haven't done anything for a month. That would never happen at Stanley Martin Custom Or Homes. why didn't you let me know I needed to do X and give me you know, why weeks of lead time, right? Right, Where we cover that because we're looking out in the future. What do we need to do now to put us in a position to succeed? And this is with a, any A month builder. from now. Yeah. yeah, a month from now. Yeah, and you bring up a good point because <laughs> I think most of our customers, so we have some serial buyers, right? We have some right. people that buy homes over and over and they, they But we understand. sell also to builders that's just off-labeled. So Correct. people don't even know we're building for other builders. Ex- ex- exactly. Yeah. But for the for the consumer who's doing this once in their lifetime, they don't know what they have to be thinking about a month ahead of time, right? So we do, and, and they're that, not expected to know exactly. Right? We and that wanna... goes back to where I was saying it's like it's a good uh, moment for us to educate them on what what is going to happen next, right? Uh, so so let me ask you, Brian. So what happens? So, so obviously, when you just start the the construction and you're doing the demo, what do your weekly meetings look like? Are they are they shorter because there's not a lot more to talk about, or it is. give us and, some and perspective? And that's something that we we you know at least I I go over with the customers. You know, when you're doing the foundation, there's going to be a whole lot to, to talk about. Right. I mean, the weekly meeting they're going to or they're going to come out. You're going to kind of tell them about the foundation. Tell them about the systems that we put in there. Um, you know, drain tile, like how we're, how the build is is progressing mm-hmm. and you know, at the next meeting, there's probably not going to be a ton of stuff to go over. But then once you get up to like drywall and there's more things going on in the house, it's like that's when the meetings start to start mean to, something. Yeah. And there's yeah. a lot more to cover. There's a lot more questions that they have. Um, and, and 
there's also time frame, you know, there's just a certain time frames throughout the build where it's just, it's not a lot to cover and then other times when, especially once you get kind of towards the end and you're, you're getting close to getting the right. occupancy permit. So, so I think Brian hit a, a good thing that uh, all of our PMs, I believe, do this, where we're constantly educating. So if the back office has gone through various details and Pat and Brian at the pre-con, pre-construction meeting are going over that, mm -hmm. you have to tell a person several times the same thing for it to sink in. So when Brian is going out and looking at the foundation and explaining how the drain tile system mm -hmm. works and the, now they get it, right? Because right. now they can see it, even right. though they've been told probably five or six times, you know, mm -hmm. kind of the coin drops, so to speak. Mm -hmm. yeah, and it really engages them into the build, so I think it makes it a better experience for them if they actually understand what's going on and how their house is being built. Um, I mean, I've had customers tell me in the past, like, that, 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 you know, they really had, you know, it's a first-time home buyer that's building anyway. Right. You know, maybe not a first-time home buyer, but a first-time uh, building a house, and it's like they, they don't, they they really learn a lot about how that whole process is, and um, I think they enjoy it. Yeah, and that's what to Pat's point it gives them a lot of comfort, right? Because right. if you see how the waterproofing goes in and the drain tile just using the, mm -hmm. they're like, okay, I can kind of relax pretty easy. I I saw this going in, and mm -hmm. Brian explained it to me, and mm -hmm. right, so they sleep better at night. Yeah, yeah. To when Pat's they move, point. Yeah. yeah, when they move, when they move, not only going through the process, but when they're living in their yeah. home, yeah. they know it was built properly. Right. Yeah. And I would say that the other thing that uh, the three of us, Pat, myself, and Brian, are supremely uh, uh, connected or, or tied into right now is on the corporate level, we have a team of people managing our commodities, mm -hmm. right? And we do have some supply. You know, even in a steady state environment, you can have supply chain issues, sure. right? But they're just you know, coming out of the pandemic, there just happens to be a lot more supply chain issues. Right. So we are on the corporate side reaching out to suppliers. It could be daily. Right. We're looking for the weak links because we're, we want to get instantaneous feedback. And mm -hmm. that feedback, as soon as we get it, flows down through construction. And then we're able to tell the customer, hey, this is what you should expect. Right. Right. In terms of potential delay. But more importantly, we are ahead of the curve versus perhaps any other builder in the area because we've gotten communication as a top 20 builder. Right. That we need to get our orders in quickly. So right. there is some savings in terms of time frame. Yeah. So we're so today we're having this conversation in July of 21 and mm -hmm. we're what, 18 months, 16, 15 months into this pandemic situation. And we certainly um, you want to talk a little more about the supply chain uh, challenges that we've faced and then we then we can take a break and we'll come back and talk more about uh, yeah uh, what happens at, at, at weekly meetings when we get to the drywall so, phase. so. I, I think and Brian and Pat can talk about this as well <clears throat> excuse me based on best known information on a daily or weekly basis mm -hmm. we have to change our lead time processes mm -hmm. you know so it could have been in, in in the old days right right x months ago we would order windows and doors you know at foundation i'm just picking that you mm -hmm. know now we have to order it well before we even start construction mm -hmm. because of the lead time right is that yeah. a fair example yeah, i mean so we're managing that whereas yeah. most builders 
don't or may not know what the specific lead time is. Mm -hmm. And even if we're ordering a month before we start or whatever it is, mm -hmm. there still could be a potential delay. Right. But Maybe. at least we're way ahead of it. Yeah. Right. I mean, <laughs> I'll say that the purchase, ben the purchase power that Stanley Martin has as a whole, not just from the custom home size, but as a production side, which we buy into, provides us with a greater avenue and understanding of what we're going to experience. That being said, it, it's a constantly changing dynamic. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're going from periods of four to six weeks lead time for appliances to two and a half to three months. And sometimes it's happening overnight. Right. So, you know, it, it's a matter of adapting, um, you know, getting that communication and, and finding out about it and discovering that, that all, the, all of a sudden that's changed overnight for us. Right. And then how quickly can we adapt to it and, and adjust our lead time schedule for, for future homes? And then, you know, what do we do for the homes that are already in the process of being built mm -hmm. that we need to adjust on? Right. You know? And and it's, it, it you know, in the last six months, it's it's becoming... A, a more prevalent part of our day-to-day -day business operation. Yeah. Uh, something we have to be completely focused on and paying attention to on a daily basis. Yeah, and, and I think you bring up a lot of really good points um, in that there are different people in different places in the process, right? So for new buyers coming into the process today, it kind of is what it is, right? And it's been on the news and everybody knows and and they just accept that we're in a in a challenging time with with the supply chain and there's really not that stress. But then you have people that kind of started this process when we were in more of a normal condition that that may be experiencing more stress with this news, right, Brian, and you're on the front line with them. So how are you dealing with that when when you're you're having your weekly meetings with folks and everything's going along great. And all of a sudden, you know, we've got two things. A, you've got to deliver, you know, let's let's just call it unfortunate news about delays. And then the second piece of that is how are you communicating uh, what what the the data that you're getting from corporate about the supply supply chain issues in your in your weekly meetings? It, it's it's really falls back to just just as soon as we find out about it, letting them know and setting their expectations. Um, so you know, a good example is like windows. You right. know, um, Michael brought it up. We're ordering these windows way ahead of time, and still, you know, our suppliers are are getting, you know probably half the orders that they're they're half of the order that they have ordered in every week they don't even know what's on the truck until it shows up right um so with the critical path items like windows or insulation or something like that it's like there's not a lot we can do with changing the schedule but you know when we used to run our schedules out you'd set dates now i'm actually getting feedback from our trade partners and if it isn't a critical path item it's almost like I place that and work the schedule around right where those things are coming in yeah um, but you know I would say you know one of the things that that helps to some degree is so for instance our window supplier has allocated a large warehouse just for our company mm -hmm. to house windows I mean the but it's for you know thousands of houses right not at one time in a warehouse. So mm -hmm. at least we can put, we have some leverage to uh, soften the, the delays. Yeah, and, that, and that's across the board. It's not just with our big suppliers like, you know, that, that do our windows and doors, but 
we have a large group of valued contractors that have worked with us for a long time that we have great relationships with mm-hmm. that are taking the steps as far as storing hot water heaters in their own personal garages to make sure that we have enough to, right. to be able to, to, to put them in the homes and ordering stuff so far out in advance that they have to store them, you know, in you know, their own personal homes, mm-hmm. other places that they can find to make sure that we have them when we need them. Yeah. Um, so that, you know, I, I have to tip the hat to the, to the contractors that we work with as well. Right. That are a valuable part of this process that are taking these extra steps to make sure that, you know, that we are able to you know, keep this process going as smoothly as we can. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and like Brian said, the biggest part of this is open communication, right? We talk about the weekly meetings that we have, and that's a big part of this because when we sit down, we're noting when we run into these adjustments, right? Um, and timelines and lead times. And if we can, we'll amend the schedule to tweak around and work around those items so that we can keep the progress of the house moving forward as best we can so that it doesn't. You know, the, the, the change in the lead time isn't the full impact on the house. Right. If it if we experience an additional four weeks, we're working other things to try to get around that so that maybe it's a one week delay or a two week mm-hmm. delay mm-hmm. versus a four full four four week delay in the process. Mm-hmm. But we're communicating that to our buyers, we're noting it on our agendas, we're tracking it. So that when we get to the finish line and they're looking at us and saying, wait, when we started this process, you told us we are going to finish on X date. Yeah. And we're now here. We can go back and review it with them and say, yes. Yeah. We understand. And it's an unfortunate time. And we want to get you into the home as soon as we can, because that's beneficial to us as well. Right. However, remember these three things that we came across. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of what the impact's been. And it's unfortunate. Yes. But that's kind of where we are. Yeah. And we're ha- you know, we're having this conversation in the light of of covid but these things can happen even without covid right so somebody listening to this two years or three years from now you know i think we we had one situation some years ago where a cabinet manufacturer suddenly went out of business and we had to um reselect cabinets with buyers that were already in the process and there were some delays so this kind of thing is just it can happen at any time it's just really magnified at at the moment yeah, it's it's magnified right now not just because of covid but because of the housing industry boom as a whole exactly there are stresses on the market from both coming from two directions which are really causing this to be you know over Overaccentuated, I, I guess, is the is the but, term I would use. But to Pat's point, I mean, how many, and I know the answer is none. How many presidents of a plumbing company value their partnership with mm-hmm. a large top twenty builder? Right. Where, because we're a sub, you know, we're a, just a subset, right? right. A niche uh, builder, where he has allocated space in his own personal. <laughs> residence right for our hot waters it's amazing <laughs> well you know i was talking to our carpet subcontractor here a few months ago and he was in the process of of warehousing our most popular carpets for the same reason you yeah. know so it's it's amazing all right well we're going to take a quick break i'm here with uh brian mcgranahan michael schnitzer and pat kearns uh we'll be back in just a moment
So we are back and uh, talking with Brian McGranahan, Michael Schnitzer, and Pat Kearns. And Brian, let's go back to the weekly meetings for a second and refocus on that. So when when you have uh, your weekly meetings, you've got your kind of startup period where you're educating them on the foundation and then really not a lot's happening, right? You're framing up the house and then you start getting the utilities into the home, right? We call it the trades, right? The trades come in. The HVAC contractor comes in first, then the plumber, then the electrician. So what's going on at the weekly meetings at, at that time frame? So at that time frame, you know, before we start the project, we're, we're, we're generally making a list of hotspots. Mm-hmm. And what's a hotspot? So the hotspots are, are based off of anything that is, um, you know, that's that's – that Either, a customer brings up yeah, and says, I had a problem up, with this before. Or it could be a selection base, like if there's something unique about their selections or unique about the, the um, design of the home that we want to be hyper-focused on to make sure that we're, we're um, you know, staying on top of. And so those things will kind of carry from week to week. And then, um, you know, on a on a general basis it's like as you're going through the build there's always questions that the customers are coming up with because they may not uh fully understand like what the next step is going to be or how insulation goes in or why is it that we only insulate the walls but there's nothing in the roof because after we hang drywall then we're going to blow insulation in right um so it's just the the process of building it and explaining that to them um yeah, and and like the fit and finish is is what a lot of people are focused on, right? Yeah. The, the structure of the home, the 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 nuts and bolts, the things that hold it all together, are what we're focused on as a builder because we want the house to stand for a long period of time right. and be structurally sound. The the fit and finish is what customers are are focused in on. They're they're looking at you know the selections they made, the carpet and how it matches with this, and we're. They have electrical outlets placed so they can put, place a TV on the wall, or they've got they've envisioned some special bar that they've designed. Right. Those are the things that during the the weekly meetings that we we pay a lot of attention to, and and it's 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 they're involved in it because we don't as the builder we can walk through them and make selections with them, but we don't necessarily know how they intend to use or live in the home. Right. And what, I think what their focus is. Yeah. And I think there's another <clears throat> point too, that I'll bring up and that's uh, when, when the home starts to go up and they're walking around the home, they start to visualize themselves living in the home. Right. And they may have had a plan to hang a TV in the family room and they start to see the home coming up and they'll say wow maybe i don't want it on that wall maybe i want it over here on this wall you know so are those the type of things that you might be chatting with folks about yeah well i mean we have a literally we have a process to hand uh, maybe brian you want to talk about just the the electrical at least going through where yeah i mean that that that's a perfect example of where when a customer is sitting down at the you know the pre-construction phase looking at a set of plans in comparison to actually being in the house when it's framed up the perspective changes quite a bit so you know before we um, have the electricians come in and do the electrical rough in we'll have uh, generally I, I incorporate it in one of the the weekly meetings to where we go through the electrical layout we kind of go through the house we check where you know they'll add recess cans ceiling fan pre-wires any kind of dedicated outlets you know because if they did have you know grandma's lamp that they want to put in a corner um 
and we go through that stuff where they're placing the TVs and we do get a lot of requests to where they get in the rec room and they're like looking at where they propose to put their TV and they decide you know actually I think it'd be work better if it was on this wall because I'm gonna put the couch there and a lot of times we even have customers I mean I just had one recently that went out with blue tape and laid out her couch laid out her kitchen table to make sure that the lights would line up to smart what she was planning on doing with the yep. furnishing yeah um, and and that also makes it to where it, it's sufficient for the trades as well you know it's like we're 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 basically taking using that opportunity to make sure that it's as the customer wants before they even start right so. and i think the electrical is such an important thing and just just to kind of go over the process right so the first thing is you do your design right you meet with the electrician and you go room by room by room on your plan and the electrician puts stickers on the plan where you want recessed lights where you want to hang a tv where you well, want this is back in the design in the design phase, phase. right yeah. right exactly thank you right yeah. so that's that's kind of the first step and then once once you do you then review the plan with your with the homeowner before they put all the boxes in or yes. okay yep. so so then you review the plan and then all the boxes go in and then do you do another walk and you say here's where all the switches are here's where all the uh, outlets are or how does that phase work typically it, it so it varies yeah it varies i mean it, varies it, it really varies with detail. the customer yeah it, it varies on the amount of detail that the customer has there are some customers that are, have a few things here and there that they're placing and there's some that go above and beyond what you see in some models with right. the number of recessed cans that they install and tvs mounted on the walls and theater rooms and mm -hmm. bars and, and those different things and you know depending on your level of you know of items that you've purchased and, and what you're doing to um, standardize if it's a more standardized home versus a more customized home mm -hmm. um, with some of those things we're going to spend a little bit more time walking through showing those things but each customer is going to get an opportunity to see where the standard stuff is going where their placement is mm -hmm. the stuff that they've selected and then have an opportunity to look at okay this is how i plan and or envisioned living in this house and this mm -hmm. works for me it doesn't work for me and we need to adjust right but you just know, think of the savings just for you know not paying for rip and tear yeah right, right. i mean it's right i mean right. It's, you know you're now you got to pull out wiring or rewire yep. or it goes into drywall before they and there's a lot of customers that are a lot of questions that 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 i ask them when we're doing that electrical walk that mm -hmm. are just from experience like i go through and i mark on the wall where they're planning on putting their bed because right. it's nothing more annoying than having a plug in the middle of a, a headboard. If right. you plug it in your phone to charge at night, you want to have one on either end of your headboard. So right. you, you're going to have your ends, your end tables and, and, and our, our side tables and, and uh, be able to plug it in. Freezers in the garage. A lot of people like to put a freezer or refrigerator in the garage and mm -hmm. they don't think mm -hmm. about it in that, that preliminary drawing. Right. So um, some of our house types that have these monster closets um i think it was a rafa hmm. he had the three car on a winslow and it was i mean it was probably twice the size of this room right and i went there for a warranty call and he had an extension cord running from his room into the closet hooked to an iron because there wasn't a single outlet so i always ask the customers yeah you know what's your plans in this in this this closet i mean yeah. it's monstrous you you know you're gonna put a steamer or an iron yeah. cord or anything else in there and those are the things that we cover in those meetings that right that i think help 
Yeah, well, and, and and situations change for people too, from when they design to when they when we actually build. You know, their life. Sometimes their life situation changes. Sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, with all the different avenues that are out there for searching for furniture and ideas, whether it be Pinterest or whatever, they they see something that they hadn't thought of before that all of a sudden is the new catch thing in in building or in in living, and they they want to adjust to it. And this provides us an opportunity to to amend mm-hmm. to those those situations. Now, is it so? Michael <clears throat> mentioned rip and tear a minute ago. So rip and tear is when the all the electricals in and the drywalls up and a customer says okay I, I i don't want that outlet there i want to move one over here and you literally have to rip out the drywall tear out the wiring move the plug and then then fix it all right so our process that we have in place to really stop and focus during your weekly meetings on the on the electrical prevents that from happening right so it gives every and, and if, if a customer let's say a customer wants to add three or four outlets that aren't in the plan during this phase is that a problem no no, no. we just we no, we, we have we have a process in place for that we right. have a change order process that we have that that we go over with them and review with them throughout throughout the the buying process the yeah. pre-construction process when we sit down and 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 have the pre-construction meeting with them that's one of the items that we cover in a good bit of detail is the change good. order process and what it what it encompasses and what what they should expect from us and what we expect from them. Yep. So it's all it's <clears> all uh, we're focusing on the experience. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. So moving on. So is there anything else we should talk about that that well, may- I think probably the only other thing and uh, Brian touched on or maybe Pat, which is um, so the the wiring's done, everything's in place. You know, is the customer checking? Well, we have a a form mm-hmm. that before we go into drywall, the customer signs. So a checklist. It's basically a checklist, but at the highest level, this particular form says that everything that they have selected mm-hmm. is in place. So mm-hmm. it could be wiring, it could mm-hmm. be blocking in the wall for Future barn door. Future barn door. Grab bars in a bathroom. So we we force, not in a bad way, that the customer sign off because we don't want there to be any ambiguity Mm -hmm. that, oh, we didn't put something. Remember, houses are built by humans. There's hundreds of thousands of parts and pieces. Mm -hmm. So by definition, something could be missed after one check after two checks mm-hmm. so this is maybe the third or fourth check right before we go to close in yeah um and i think the weekly meeting makes that makes that a little bit easier process my past experience with other builders is you meet with them and have a pre-con with them the only other meeting you have with them is pre-drywall and then close when you close the house with them and they're coming out at that pre-drywall meeting having a cold. bevy of questions right. cold cold and it, it's a long drawn out process. Whereas right. with this, they're meeting regularly with our PMs. Mm-hmm. They're discussing and having an understanding of the process and what's going on and, and what to expect and what to experience. And when we get to the pre, by the time we get to the pre drywall meeting and we're getting ready to hang drywall, it's minor in nature and it's less shock to the system. It's right. less stressful. They, they've already been through every weekly meeting and understand what to expect and what's going on yep. and have seen everything over and over again yep, so yep. it's 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 a much smoother 
um, <clears throat> much more regimented process that, that makes it less stressful for all involved. Right. And I think that having that form that they sign off on kind of just stops the homeowner and makes them realize because it's easy to get caught up in the excitement of the build and you're doing all this stuff and you're doing all this stuff and having that form is like, OK, wait a minute, I really got to stop and let me just focus, focus. Exactly. Great word. Great word. So anything else happen before the drywall goes up? Huh. I, I, yeah. <laughs> no. Bad question. So, so from, from a weekly meeting perspective, I, I really think this conversation we just had about the electrical is huge because I think the, the, the homeowner, the buyer, is interacting with the switches and the outlets on a daily basis, right? But John, we have that. Brian knows it, and so certainly Pat. I mean, we have it with HVAC yeah. and where the you know, thermostats are located and supplies and returns. returns yeah. We have it with especially complicated um, uh, shower designs mm -hmm. with rain cans and faucets and, and handhelds. handhelds. And we'll have it diagrammed. Right. But before we go to plumb it, you know, Brian, <clears throat> I don't know if you want to talk about it, kind of stand in the shower and make sure it's right before we go forward. I mean, I, I just had that on one of my houses where the diverters were, they have a rain can with a handheld, so you're mm -hmm. going to have two diverter handles, and they were set on the wall horizontally. Mm -hmm. And, you know, from experience knowing that, all right, your supply lines are coming out of the sides of that, by the time you put that in, they also had a recessed tile niche. So by the time I spread those out with the niche, there's not going to be much room. It's going to push that niche over into the corner. Mm -hmm. So that's like at the weekly, that's when we discussed, why don't we just move these things vertically? It basically has the same appearance. It keeps it symmetrical in there, mm -hmm. and then it doesn't crowd that that niche over into the corner. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, because there's a lot of things you look at two-dimensionally on paper that make sense to you, but when you get out there in the field and you're laying it all out, it, it becomes reality then. Right. <clears throat> right, right. Okay, so so drywall goes up, and then we have a period of time where now the trades all kind of have to come back in again, right? So before drywall, all the rough-in work has to be done. Then the drywall goes up. Then you finish the drywall. You paint. You've got to then put uh, your eventually. I'm not going in the right order here, but your outlet covers have to go on. Your your tile goes in. Your plumbing fixture. But John, probably one important thing is right when we get to that drywall phase, mm -hmm. we're starting to think about finalizing the site work. Yes, right. Good because, point. So I don't know if, mm -hmm. if Brian or Pat wants to talk about, but you know, now the house is up. Yeah, we we may have had an allowance for uh, shrubbery and plantings because right. it's hard to really, as Pat said, two dimensionally, it's hard to see. Now you're standing in front of the house and it's graded out. Yep. What do you want? Well, we want to get ahead of that, mm -hmm. meaning, Brian, if you want to talk yeah. about the process. So, you know, typically when we're doing rough-ins, that's when um, I'll be bringing up the landscaper and scheduling to have a meeting. So we, we, we reach out to the landscaper. We give the information, the homeowner's information to them. They'll schedule a meeting. We'll meet on site. We'll mm -hmm. discuss what, they're, what they would like to have. Um, we put a budget in the site cost. And it's one of those things where they can go under, they can say, no, I want to go right with the budget or mm -hmm. the you know, sky's the limit. So, so what that means is maybe they budgeted $5,000 for landscaping. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. And, and, and they'll meet with them and they'll say, okay, well, you know, my grandma's house had this pretty cherry tree out in the front. I want one of those. And yeah. Whatever shrubbery that they want. 
Um, and we try and get that proposal back to them around that drywall phase. That yeah. way we can get it to the office. I mean, we're still weeks, maybe even months away from actually installing it. But we're trying to get ahead of the game so that we know get it scheduled. what that site cost is going to be so that, you know, a, a, on occasion, customers want to know, like, okay, where do we stand on the site cost? Because mm -hmm. that's going to dictate how much money they want to spend on their right. right. And we've and, reconciled and, the site cost, but there are things, just like what we're talking about, where yeah. we say, you know what, let's not reconcile mm -hmm. the actual cost for landscaping. It's just too hard and too, too, much, uh, too much thought right. going into something that we know is going to change. Right. So, right. And I think this is just such a great topic to, to go into for a minute because at the beginning of the phase all of our customers want to know how much is the site cost going to be right and right. we we put together a budget and we may put five thousand in for landscaping or four thousand or whatever, whatever right, right. We, i mean right. We, we we sometimes have conversations with the buyers at that phase but then it gets to 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 the build and and i guess where i was going a minute ago is kind of the drywall goes up in the house and there's really not a lot to talk about for a minute for a few weeks right because the, the trades are coming back in and just kind of doing their thing. And now it all gets to be very clear to the homeowner what's happening in the house. I think people understand tile and switches and all those things. But so so what you're doing now with your weekly meetings is you're, you're focusing on the site work, which is great, Mike. Finalizing the cost yeah. and being done with it. Yeah, but on, on that on that, on that that landscaping allowance, you said they could go under, I think, to elaborate on that. So they could meet with the landscaper and they could end up only spending 2000 on landscape. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. So we've budgeted five and they spend two. So now your site cost has just gone down by $3,000. Conversely, we have people who meet with our landscaper and they are purchasing landscaping at Stanley Martin cost. They have one opportunity to do it. So they begin to realize the value they're getting. And we've had people spend 40, 50, $60,000. Yeah. I mean, more, I mean. Yeah. No, absolutely. So, so yeah, I mean, you can add in hardscaping, right? There's, there's things you can do to, you know, put a little walkway in, mm -hmm. pavers, retaining walls, you know, all, all types of systems. sprinkler systems, yep. all types of things that you can add onto it. You know, we have people that, you know, in a, in a good market, sell their home for more than they expect to. And they're adding stuff into the house because stuff they, they had initially intended or wanted to do that they had to maybe cut a few corners on because they were trying to be smart. Yep. You know, smart and, and, and but, save money. And, and but then they, they sell their home for a little bit more. And some of those things that they really wanted. Yeah. That they had decided not to move forward with. They now can purchase. Right. So you're talking about they sell their existing home. Yeah. Right. And and but but this is this is fantastic. But they're also much deeper into the process. Right. And now they're closer to the finish line and now they understand there's not a lot of decisions left, left and there's not a lot of variables left. Right. But I, I, I would say when we go over the site cost estimate way in the beginning of the yeah. sale, oh, this is before the customer even removes contingency. Mm -hmm. If the customer brings up to us, hey, I really want to do a lot with landscaping. Or a pool or whatever. Whatever, you know, that estimate or that allowance is going to get updated to match what our customer says. If our mm -hmm. customer says, look, I just want to have a nice basic planting schedule around my house with mm -hmm. maybe one or two flowering trees or whatever, that's a, right. I mean, so 
it's not like there's any surprise when they are meeting with Brian. Right. And if it is a surprise, it's usually like, wow, you never told us that. Well, yeah, well, I recognize the value and I want to spend an extra 20 grand. Right, right, right. So a lot of things happen over the course of this transaction. It's not a five minute transaction or a two week transaction. It lasts really about a year. And you start your planning early and then you get into this situation where you're building, you've got your weekly meetings and the landscaping is a great place to splurge at the end if you want to spend more money and we've got a process to cover it. So drywall goes up, you're focusing on landscaping. What else are you hitting on at these at these meetings? Well, could be driveways. You want to yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, driveway. Um. We're also preparing them for the the completion of the job right mm -hmm. i mean there's a lot that goes into it we're talking to them about we're constantly updating them on on the timeline and and you know as you get closer to the end you're able to pinpoint a little bit more as to where where you're going to finish right so it's talking to them and and regarding and a closing date a closing date yeah. and making plans for their move-ins and and you know, when can they set up different things to the excitement starts to happen, right? Mm -hmm. they're, they're, they've been in this process, as you said, for sometimes up to a year. Right. And and they're excited about the completion of it. So we're t kind of walking them through and reminding them about the conversations we had as to what to expect as we get to the end. Mm -hmm. You know, not just with the completion of the home, but also what to expect from their lender. Mm -hmm. Hey, look, you know, a lot of lenders in these days, you have to have a UNO in hand, which means we're done with the house. What's a UNO? Use and occupancy. So it's the permit that allows them to move into the home. And obviously, in order for us to get that, the home has to be essentially completed. Right. Well, if the bank isn't going to start processing their loan until we have the use and occupancy, it's a little bit longer for them to be able to actually move into the house. Right. So we're trying to walk them through that process, lead them yeah. as to what to expect so that it's they understand it they're not getting hit in the side of the head with oh the house is complete but i can't move in for another so many weeks right we've already informed them and walked them through that process and told them hey this is what you should expect yeah yeah you know what i mean and communicated that to them so that's a big part of it too is not just hey what's going on in the house when we get to that point but mm -hmm. it's hey what to expect as we get to the end Mm -hmm. and reminding them of those conversations that we've had with them at the pre-construction meeting and even before then when they're going through it the really buying process. It really is like a weekly friendly reminder on yeah, on, on that whole process. Great. Right, because that is the culmination of everything, yep. and they're so excited to get in. Yeah. And we got to say, look, we know you're excited, but there are things totally outside our control. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, we can control to a certain extent when we get a use and occupancy permit. Mm -hmm. Right. But you have to go back to your lender. Does it take two weeks from the use and occupancy before they can, you know, issue, for instance, the last draw? Mm -hmm. Is it three weeks? Is mm -hmm. it a week and a half? But it's mm -hmm. not the next day. Right. Right. There's some latency there. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and uh, when we get back, we're going to wrap up our conversation on weekly meetings, and we'll talk a little bit about warranty. Stay tuned. All right, welcome back. Um, I'm here with uh, Brian McGranahan, Michael Schnitzer, and Pat Kearns, and we're going to close out our conversation today about our, our weekly meetings, and then we'll talk a little bit about warranty. Brian, 
as we close out this conversation, can you tell us a little bit about how the weekly meetings are structured? What happens? Yeah, so the, the weekly meetings are structured. It's, it's kind of has uh, several sections. So it starts out with meeting notes from the, the previous meeting. So you have, and you kind of use that as your placeholder too, to where you're um, keeping track of anything that needs to stay on there. Ongoing um, open items. Uh, yes, so those are your action items that were from the week past. And then when they are complete, we usually leave them on there for a week and then just kind of put on there, hey, these are complete, and then we'll let them fall off. Right. The next section is new, ch like change orders, any kind of change orders that we want to keep track of because, of the, you know, our change order process, if you, uh, you know, request a change order, it's going to go on there. You know, it may take purchasing a week or two, depending on the complexity of it, to mm -hmm. get pricing back. And then... Uh, once we get the pricing, then we'll review that at the weekly meeting, or if it's in between, you know, we may just contact them and say, do you want to do this? Do you want to move forward? And then once those items are, are it will, if they accept them, we send the change order out, they sign it, then that will drop off. Mm -hmm. um, we'll have the next section is usually what's coming up in the next couple of weeks. So once you kind of get down towards the end of the build, all these things, there's less and less because all the action items are falling off. They're not putting in change orders at the end of the build. Right. The the trades that are coming into the house, it starts just winding down to just doing those touch-ups, those final mm -hmm. uh, polishes on the house. And and um, then at the last section, we always have new items. And again, that's one that just kind of winds down as the house is winding down, getting closer to the finish line. Right. So now how does our approach toward these weekly meetings affect the punch list? at the end of the transaction so when the when the homeowner when the build is finished and we get the use and occupancy permit there's usually a deficiencies list right a punch yes. list things that are that are not completed that that we still owe the customer it's like a we owe you list right so when we have these weekly meetings and we're approaching the conclusion of the build how many items are typically on a punch list so it really varies on the house and the complexity of the house but uh to to what you're saying as we get close to the end i do ask the customers and i say if there's something you see let me know mm -hmm. and a lot of times when they bring it up i've already generated my punch list i'm writing a punch list on a weekly basis right. i walk in the house and every week that is just a a flowing document that all the way to the end, I'm carrying it. Right. And if it's something that they see, because everybody sees things differently that I did not see, that's when I usually will put it on that, mm -hmm. that weekly meeting agenda and then it'll then transfer over to my punch list. Right. Um, but if we get to the end and it's more than a page, that's unusual. Because right. usually it's, it's just a handful of items because at that point of the build, it's like, there's always going to be a little bit of paint and drywall touch up and sure. those kind of things and maybe some cleaning, but the actual items, when we do that final walkthrough, I mean, it's usually a dozen or less. Right. Which you know, it just, it, it really depends on the complexity of the house. And they're typically minimal in nature. They're not anything right. that's substantial because they've been involved in the process and it's not, it's not as if they weren't there that we wouldn't have caught those items or, or found them or discovered them. It's more along the lines of it's an interactive type thing that if there's things that are, that they're focused on, that they're hypersensitive to, 
because we're having those weekly meetings, we're, we're realizing that we're having those interactions mm-hmm. with them. We're having that dialogue with them that, Hey, this is something that they're focused on and we want to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to build a complete home and a, a home that, that meets our standards and our specifications. But as Brian said, each individual is their own person. Maybe they had a past experience with a, a different build. Maybe a friend of theirs had a build that, that said, Hey, you need to pay attention to this because this happened to us. And they come to us with those things. And, you know, those are the things that we'll pay a little bit more attention to and be focused on. And and when we get to the end result, a lot of times because of those interactions, those items are minimalized. Mm -hmm. They're they're very minimal in nature. The things that we're adjusting and and tweaking at the very end are are very not a whole lot involved in it. And it's it's just minor tweaks at that point in time. Right. And the, and the reason I bring this up, because I knew the answer to the question, that particular question before I asked it is that, that I think it's really rare, right? Because I started this whole conversation by saying we are the only builder in our price point that offers weekly meetings. So prototypically you buy a house uh, from a builder, the build you may have, you brought up how many, what, two, three meetings during the whole entire build. So the first time the homeowner, really gets to go through the house and generate a punch list is right before it's being delivered to the homeowner. And there could be two, three, four, five pages of items because this is the first time the homeowner is now really hyper-focusing on the quality of the build inside and outside. And you get this huge uh, punch list. And I hear from people that I talk to, oh, I built a house with another builder before and it took them two months to finish all the items on the punch list when we moved in. And I explained to them, we don't have that challenge here at our company because during our weekly meetings, as you're approaching the close, we are addressing the items that would normally show up on a punch list before you move into your home. So I I think it is a testament to the quality of our program and our processes and the way we do things. And it's really um, amazing. So, yeah, so I think, and I, John, I I would say, um, as a caveat, there can always be longer lead time items, but they're few and far between. You know, a cabinet door takes three weeks instead right. of three days, right, right, to be manufactured. But we're all pulling in the same direction, right? So there's there's uh, compensation for getting a home complete on time, mm-hmm. for completing the list on time. So we're all pulling, mm-hmm. right, the customer as well as Stanley Martin in the same direction. Right, right. Yeah, so go ahead, Pat. No, I just I, I think overall the process is it, with the communicate level of communication that we have makes it go a lot smoother at the end. And and mm-hmm. look, like we talked about before, this is a long process. Let's not kid ourselves. You're designing a home, you're taking it through permit, you're uh, making all these selections. Then you go through the time to build it. It's been a long process. So by the time they get to the end. They're a little worn out sometimes. They're mm-hmm. stressed out. They've got a lot of things on their mind with regards to moving out of wherever they're currently living, getting their kids set up in the new school if they're moving into a mm-hmm. new area, all those things. And and the hope is that through this process that we're taking, we're taking some of that stress away mm-hmm. and, ma- and and taking the burden of that away and, and making that transition for them a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's important for us too because, hey, if they're not stressed out and – and 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 uptight about what's going on it, it makes it a lot easier on us as well and sure. it makes it makes it makes for a happier customer in the long run yeah right. and the measurable is the customer satisfaction right? right so we have incredibly high scores i know over the last you know the last year 
we're still running 100%, which is pretty good. What does 100% mean? 100% of our customers are satisfied with their home and would refer Stanley Martin to their friends and family. So mm -hmm. that's pretty. That's a pretty tough uh, mark given where we've come from and what we're going through over right. the past year. 100%. That's right. pretty darn good. Yeah, we can't get any better. Let's put it that no, way. No, that's true. That's true. So, so let's talk. So now the homeowner takes possession of the home and they move in. Just talk briefly about what is the warranty process. So, I mean, the first thing that I always talk to the PMs about doing is obviously they've gone through this long drawn out process. Mm -hmm. Our typical policy is sixty days after they move in, we're contacting them to go through and see if they've come up with anything else. Mm -hmm. And then again, at nine months, we're reaching out to them a second time mm -hmm. to go over any warranty items that they have. Mm -hmm. But the big thing that I try to stress with the guys is, look, give them a week to two weeks once they've been in the home and they lived in it a little bit, just to reach out to them to see if there's anything that they've come across, anything that they've experienced that you know, we might need to come out and take a look at for them. Mm -hmm. Just because... And this is before the 60 days. This is so almost like the, a courtesy call. It's right. a courtesy and, and call. To be honest with you, I always joke at the beginning of the pre-construction that by the end of the build, I'm going to be their next, their best friend. Right. Because, I mean, you think about the time that we, you know, it's like the back office. I mean, you, you guys have them for however long. Let's, if you divide it up in between selections and permitting... Right. None of them are working with them within the time frame that we are. Right. I mean, we're anywhere from six to nine months. Every and meeting them and every meeting week on and, a weekly yeah. basis. Yeah. So, my experience is is by the time they get to that settlement table, they're texting me anything that comes up for the next month after they've moved in. They feel like completely comfortable of reaching out and asking. That's about great. It. And and I've had, I mean. Multiple customers that it's been years after they're in the house that are still reaching out to me, texting, "Hey, I know we're out of warranty, but mm -hmm. this is a situation." And even if we're not going out and, and still fixing, at least give them the guidance to, to sure uh, put a yeah. And it's a bevy of information they're getting. You know what I mean? We're talking to them when we do the new home orientation about where all their shutoffs are for their gas, for their water, for, you know, how to run their HVAC system. Mm -hmm. And all they're concerned about is I need the keys to be able to move into the house. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? So they're, you know, you're trying to get them to focus on, hey, these are the things you need and to be able to have, to be able to live comfortably in the home and for you to maintain the home yourself. Right. And we want to make sure they get those things and understand them. But that like Brian said, there's a lot of those little things that they, you know, they're not focused on it. They want to, they want to move in and set the beds in. up and take a nap. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Right. Enjoy so, their house. You know, that's yeah. what, that's, that's why we have that. You know, I talked to the guys about doing that little courtesy call. If you haven't heard right. from them, um, reach out to them. Yeah. You know, just make sure everything went well with their move in. Make sure that there's nothing that's come up. That's a major issue just to make sure that they're still happy. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. And we do tell them, obviously, we have these scheduled warranty visits. But if a customer has a running toilet, don't hold off until your 60-day list. I mean, that would be – it's almost right. like I don't have heat or I don't have air conditioning. You're not going to wait. Right. Right? Yeah, anything that's going to make you lose sleep at night, just contact us. And right, yeah. right. And things – you know, we build a great home, but things can happen. 
Well, they're going to yeah. be warranted. I mean, whether yeah. it's adjusting a door or yeah. whatever it may be. Yeah, and that's why we have it. a warranty. Yeah. Yep, fantastic. So anything else that anybody wants to add to this conversation? I think uh, we've had a great chat today. I don't think so. Any cow tipping out in uh, Prince William and Loudoun County? Brian does. I mean, Brian's run so many different jurisdictions, so you could ask him specifics about. But right now, he's pretty much, I think, is 100% I mean, of country. your jobs. We'll, we'll call yeah, that. horse country. Actually, <laughs> we are getting, Brian will have this um, project, and we've already met on site. We have one customer where... We're building a big house. We've got hundreds of thousands of land development costs. We're also, uh, there's going to be a huge cow uh, Mini barn. dairy farm. We'll dairy farm it. where they're going to pasteurize and mm -hmm. whatever. He happens to be Hindu, so it's also processing the manure because it's, you mm -hmm. know, for the Hindus, it, you know, the cows are, are sacred. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. we're. Be an interesting build. It's, uh, yeah, that's coming to a theater near you out mm -hmm. towards Middleburg. And you got to go through a gate through all the horse pastures. And yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's not unusual, but we've no. never had to build a an overall project where there's pasteurization of milk. Hmm. That's an interesting one. Well, on that note, let's uh, let's close out. The <laughs> let's let, so so. Any anything else you want to add, Brian? Nah, I don't. All think good. So. Yeah. All good. Wonderful. Well, guys, thanks for coming in. Really enjoyed thanks the conversation. I think it was highly productive. Uh, this is another episode of the Go With John Show with Brian McGranahan, Michael Schnitzer, and Pat Kearns. Thanks, fellas. Thank, Thank you, you for having us.